Welcome back to Fig Fix, your YA fangirl podcast, where Rochelle, that's me, and Kiana, that's me, invite you to our discussion on young adult books we recommended to each other. Spoilers very much included, friends. Beware the spoilers. For everything Fig Fix and to stay connected, visit our website, figfix.wordpress.com. That's F-I-C-F-I-X.wordpress.com. And follow us at facebook.com slash figfixpodcast. So, get your ships ready to sail, because it's time for this week's Fig Fix! Okay, start. <laughs> Hello! We haven't talked in so long. Hello! Yeah, it's been forever and eight days. It definitely feels like that. At least eight days. Plus forever. Yeah. Yeah. The forever came after the eight days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just stretched endlessly into forever. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, how are you? I'm great. Um, two, well, one of my friends and her boyfriends is coming to visit next week. So I'm trying to wrap everything up this week, which has made it a little bit crazy, but I'm really excited for them to come. Yay. That's exciting. Plus you yeah. have a house to yourself, so... I know, but my sister's coming back soon, so that dream is almost done. <laughs> it ended too quickly. Well, at least you had it while she was gone. Like, at least you had your time to at you. At least I got to taste it. Yeah, just a taste of your, you in your own house and no sister. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I mean, I miss her, I guess, but... <laughs> Tough love. Tough love. <laughs> she hasn't been gone that long. And we talk all the time, so... Yeah, we'll it's see. Like, it's like she never left. <laughs> <laughs> we talk the same amount. Oh, well. Okay, well, she can stay for in Japan for a few more weeks. I'm sure she'd love to. Is she loving yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. She doesn't like it that much. Oh. But I don't think it's Japan's fault. I think it's that she hasn't really met anyone... Um, that she's really clicked with, so it's just socially, thing. I think it's been hard. It's a people thing, yeah, yeah. Which I guess you know, sometimes you just don't meet someone you're compatible with. That's fair. Plus, she's only been there for a little while, so she didn't have a lot of time to acclimate to her new life. For sure, it's more like a yeah, trip. I feel like I went to Japan right after graduating college, and I feel like I had so many Japanese friends, and I had thought about it so much, and watched so many TV shows, and read so much about it, that, like, when I went, I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting. Did and she so not I prepare? I, I was kind of spur of the moment, and my mom kind of pushed her to do it, because mm. she, you know, she's a pretty wishy-washy person, um, <laughs> doesn't have a lot of self-motivation. Oh, well, damn. Um, <laughs> she's so finding herself. Yeah, exactly. She's finding herself. She's still young. Um, So I just don't think she was really mentally prepared for it. And um, I don't know if she's ever really had to deal with culture shock before. Mm. It is a thing. No, it is. It's a big thing, especially a culture that's so different. You can't really speak the language. I had studied way more Japanese than she had. Yeah. So I feel like I was able to at least communicate, you know, I was pretty confident about ordering food, at the very least. I guess there's also the thing where, like, you were already into the culture and learning about it and excited to learn, like, by doing and by going, 
that right. her having a spur of the moment trip to sort of find motivation per your mom maybe didn't exactly do what your mom intended. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I got lucky because I met some people that I'm still friends with today and I had lots of friends already in Tokyo. Yeah. Like I knew a bunch of people um, that I hung out with a lot while I was there. So I feel like I had a pretty solid social network and yeah. that definitely helped shape the experience for me. That's true. Poor girl. Yeah. It's okay, though. I hope it's a good experience overall. She's, like, I think she's had to become more independent. That's always a good thing. A scary thing, but a good thing. A scary, yeah, scary good thing. How are things in you with you in Florida? (laughs) Me in Florida. Florida's great. Um, Not much to say there. It's just Florida, you know. It's Mm -hmm. doing its thing. Raining every day and then being it's raining like, oh yeah and then being like 98 degrees super sunny five minutes later oh my god kurumi kurumi's the one who's coming to visit oh, who's okay. from japan and um she told me that it's 104 in japan right now oh my god but i imagine the florida and japan are probably well and tokyo are probably pretty similar right it's like a million degrees of humidity or a million percentage of humidity plus i guess intense w- heat I guess I just wouldn't have put them on the same... They're not on the same, like, latitudinal line. So, latitudinal line? The line of latitude. That makes sense to me. Okay, cool. I'm going to stick with latitude. (laughs) That line that goes this way around the world, the imaginary one. Yeah, that one. They're not on the same one, so... I know. But I imagine it's somewhat similar, right? It's, like, muggy. I mean, I guess you don't really have, like, typhoons, but you have, like, tropical um, storms. Yeah, that's definitely what it is, tropical weather. Mm-hmm. Well, perspective. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've missed you so much, and we have so much to catch up on, but I really want to talk about this book. I've been waiting for this moment for years. You really have, like, been wanting me to read this book, and I think I understand the appeal um, from your point of view. Like, I get why you really love it. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, the relationship between Emma and Mackie is undeniably amazing. Did you like it overall? It was... was, I don't know. I don't know if I was in the mood for it. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was in the mood for it. Um, It was enjoyable. There are some parts that, like, I really liked about it. I just don't think I really vibed with Mackie. (laughs) As much as maybe I could have. Yeah, I think this book, so, like, a lot of Brenna's and Tessa's and Maggie's books, like, I think plot-wise they're all pretty good, but um, it's really the characters that make it. So for me, like, I Mm. love Mackie in this book. He's my favorite. I think he's my favorite male character of all times. And then I just loved all the other characters and their relationships. Uh, hang on, like, hang on. Can his... I just ask you a question really quick? Yes. Okay, you said one of your favorite, your favorite male character of all time in YA. Now, I'm going to list three other male characters. And I want you to tell me honestly if Mackie Doyle is at the head of this group. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I have to specify. He is the favorite male character to read his perspective from. Okay. I'm that's... not going to say he's the one I would be most in love with, but 
if I had to pick of like whose perspective would I rather read? Okay, that's specific. That's specific, yeah. but I, I still have people. Okay. It still fits. Okay. Okay, and you can't say anything until I've finished reading off these three <laughs> names. Are you ready? No squeals, yes. nothing. Contain myself. Okay. Okay. Gansey. Richard Dick Gansey Third. Sean. What's his name? Sean, Sean Scorpio races. Sean Scorpio races. I was like, Sean Connolly? No, that's Pug's name. That's, um, <laughs> that sounds familiar. Oh, you're right. Okay. Um, and Kaz Brecker. Go. And then Mackie Doyle. You have to tell me, is uh, Mackie Doyle your favorite? Okay, I will say that Sean, uh, what I loved was the actor, the voice actor's voice. True. And I, I don't know if the replacement it has an audiobook. It probably does. Um, but I haven't listened to it, so I don't know. But his voice was definitely the, the thing that made that book amazing for me. Gansey and Kaz. Oh, I've read so much Raven Boys fan fiction <laughs> this week. Just, just the book. Like, just pure canon. Whose perspective would you rather read from? Because all of those books, parts of it at least, are written from those uh, male character perspectives. Hmm. I think still Mackie's voice. Really? I think I love Gansey's character, and I love Kaz's character for what they are. Oh man, Mackie and Gansey are close top. You know what it was. Close you know top. what it is. Kaz isn't that fun to read from. It's I just he's just a great character. <laughs> I love it because, like, well, then again, I'm the same kind of person who told you you must watch Peaky Blinders at least five times. Girl. So. Girl, we gotta talk about that, too. We do have to talk about that. That's top priority once we're done with this. But anyways, Mackie Doyle. I don't Wait, know. can I just tell you... Can I tell you what I loved about this book? Yeah, tell me. Okay, I've read it, like, six times now. <laughs> You've mentioned and it in, like, six of the episodes. I love it so much. And it's not that the plot is that great, because it's pretty straightforward. Although, I felt like it was... Um, a different take on fairy lore in that they're never called fairies and they never necessarily follow fairy lore superstition. Yeah. And so she's really vague and ambiguous and kind of um, much more interesting in that way when she talks about the lore. Um, but the plot itself isn't that interesting, not like Six of Crows, which is like amazing plot. Mm-hmm. But I love Mackie as a character because he's so... Like when I... When I read this book, I feel like I'm floating through a gray mist. Like, it just feels, like, so dark and beautiful, but also, like, relaxing and soft. And everything is, like, hazy and misty. And I love that Mackie is such, like, a sweet character. And just that juxtaposition of someone who's really self-deprecating and really, like, sensitive and sweet with, you know, he's probably, like, very beautiful. I think that's what it was. I think I I couldn't... For me, like, I have to be able to connect to the character. And Mm -hmm. I hated how Mackie just didn't believe in himself. (laughs) Like, there was was a part of me that was, like, in the beginning, I was like, it's okay, man. Like, we're going to find ourselves together in this book. And then by the end of it, I felt like he still hadn't really found himself. (laughs) And I was like, bruh, we went through 200 pages, and you still don't know who you are. You're just, like, going along with the flow. Like, I don't know. Yeah, 
That's definitely true. And I don't think it was as much of, like, his own self... Well, there was definitely part of self-discovery in there. But I just think that his... It should... Belonging. I should use the word belonging instead of discovery. Oh, yeah. Which I think was was fine for me. But I also loved... I loved Emma... His relationship to him and just that premise that like she is what kept him alive. Oh, that was for beautiful. so long. I mean, I, I almost cried so many moments, like those moments where he was like, "But I would do anything for her because she would do anything for me." You know how much I love sibling relationships. Oh yeah, I mean, I books. felt like as soon as I met Emma, I understood the appeal immediately. Dark fairies, male perspective, and freaking sibling badassery like yes wait there's more that i loved i also loved roswell okay i love roswell yeah right i he was such a oh my gosh he was such a great character in that one scene that really brought everything together is when they're sitting at that park bench and mackie is like confessing to him that he's not human and roswell's like yeah i know and and as a reader i'm like of course he knew like we all know that everyone knew except you who are in deep denial but like and then he says, like, oh, but my family's charmed. And I don't know, that just, like, added this extra layer layer of interesting and their friendship. And, oh, my God, it was so beautiful. I love I did, that. I did like it. I just, um, I think at a certain point in this book, all of the characters kind of fell really flat for me. Like, there was a certain point, I think, just before they go down um, to see the fairy queen the evil fairy queen just Mm -hmm. before like they go in as a group um the characters i guess were supposed to be fully developed and realized at that point except for mackie and i didn't feel i don't know i just didn't i just kind of felt like i wanted to know more about roswell i wanted tate to develop a little bit more i still wanted to hear more from emma like i felt like they could have been rounder up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the twins, obviously, like, they, they were pretty static throughout. Um, they are just kind of like the cool gizmo guys that didn't really care as long as they were allowed to do their gizmo things. And I was fine with that. Um, but then they played such a pivotal role in the climax of the book that I, I don't know, I just, I didn't, there was some, some kind of disconnect between me feeling all the feelings that I was supposed to feel when the graveyard scene finally happened. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I definitely agree that the twins' characters and Tate's char- Like, I I love Tate, but I agree that she wasn't as developed as she should yeah, have been. Yeah, she was been. just kind of, like, angry. Which, rightfully yeah. so, but she didn't get past angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Definitely. And maybe that's just who she is, but she just wasn't very... We didn't see very much of her outside of, like, her... I just feel like it's such a small snippet in time. Like, I think the book probably takes... Like, it's a span of, like, two weeks or something really short. Yeah, it's short. And so I just feel like we don't... Maybe even one week. Yeah, I feel like I definitely agree that we don't get a full perspective on who the characters really are and especially Tate and Mackie's relationship. Like, it's just... They're like, they're just at the very beginning of it. Like, they're not in love. They're But they're just, like... The book ends when they're just, like, you know, this might be something. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I understood it. Um, there was Ashley. Was that her name? The boob girl? The Jenna? girl in the beginning that um, Mackie just liked to look at? No, no, no. Her name's not Ashley. Um, she was like the popular one. She she was yeah, the one that had the I know, piercing. I know who you're talking about, but her name wasn't Ashley. It was something else. I can't find my copy Bailey. of the book, so. Um. I don't know. Her, I felt like um, I didn't really need her. Like, I didn't need her to be named, or I didn't need her to have... I don't know. I just... Uh, I wanted it to be less of, like, this teen romance. I, I wanted it to have less of the teen romance factor than, mm-hmm. than it had. Like, because I... It didn't. Like, if that girl was not a part of the book, it really wouldn't have had so much of that teen romance factor. Because, like you said, with Tate and Mackie, even though they are the kind of the main romance of the book, they're just beginning. Like haven't even begun yet. Like, they just kind of agree that they're going to go on this mission together because it's the right thing to do. And also, they kind of sort of want to kiss. A lot. Right. Right? right. Like, right. like that's an agreement. That's where they're at, and it's cool. There's no, like, hardcore feelings yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that he he feels more right when he's with her. Like, he feels like he can be himself with her, which is, like, a cool thing, but also, like, he's had Roswell. And I just wish that, like, that that girl that whose name I don't remember, um, the blood drive girl, the iron in her mouth girl, her, she had too much of a role, even though she was a side character. Like, completely. She, I know she served a purpose. I understood it. I appreciated it for what it was. But, like, I wish she wasn't in there so much (laughs) because the time spent on her and Mackie with her could have been spent on developing the characters I wanted to hear more about. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I definitely agree that it has way more of a teen, a young YA teen vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the appeal, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's For fair. For me, it's, like, in that genre. Like, do you remember that other book we read? And it was about those siblings and that, uh, the fairy The darkest part of the forest. A, that one. Mm. For me, it's the same level. Like, it's, it's a, like, it's a very similar. Super YA. Yeah. Yeah. Super YA. Not a super deep plot. It's mainly about, you know, handsome boys and dark stuff happening mm-hmm. um so I feel like this is my favorite book in that category but I feel like books like the Raven Boys and Six of Crows which we've talked about so much are like totally separate and um what's that other one the darkest part of the God, forest the one with, no 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 the one with Cal and Lila <coughs> Cal and Lila the dark, a darker shade of magic oh yeah 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 yeah, those are, like, older YA. Those are, like, grade A. This is, like, this is, like, you know, real YA. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. This is, like, true YA. But I felt like, just for the book itself, I wanted more of what it was already giving me. Yeah, although, I don't know, I, I didn't dislike, I mean, I didn't like her character. Um, I didn't dislike her character until she was being such an 
asshole to Tate in that one scene in the parking lot. Yeah. Before then, she was, like, a normal high school girl. But um, I definitely understood that, like, I definitely felt like her character was there to kind of show Mackie what kind of life he could have if he believed in herself and, like, you know, if he wanted to be, like, a normal whatever person who just, you know, went out with a hot girl. Yeah, I mean... And then him, like, actively rejecting that and being, like, you know, I could, I guess I could have that, but... Yeah, the whole, I mean, the whole plot was, like, Gentry is basically, like, dairy, like, in It, um, like, Stephen King's It, you know, like, the whole town is in on this secret, and just, like, the darkest part of the forest, like, them not addressing that this is happening or, you know... It's like this ignorance is bliss kind of thing. That's what she represented directly for him. Um, was It was the parallel between him and his choice and the town and their choice mm-hmm. to deal with the other that exists in Gentry. And I appreciated it for what it was. I just really, like, she didn't need extra scenes. I just felt like her in the cat suit... Her with the, you know, kissing him in the car or whatever. I was like, I don't really care about this part. Because at that point, you already see the two fairy girls, like the half-dead one and the princess one, approaching Mm -hmm. him. And I'm like, bruh, cut back to them. I want to know what's going on. And I get it, though. Like, talking about it, I understand that there's this juxtaposition between what exists and ignoring it and, you know, choosing, well, choosing to address it. So... I just, like, some some of it felt, I don't know, maybe maybe I had, like, like heavy critique lenses on, but it's just, like, those parts I was like, man, killing my vibe, I'm, like, trying to get into Mackie, I'm trying to get in with him, and then just that kind of stuff happened, and I was like, oh, I don't care about her tongue, I care about that girl with, like, the gash in her neck. <laughs> yeah, no, and I totally understand it, and I think that, like... The biggest difference is probably that I loved reading Maggie's perspective. Like, I loved it. And I would just, like, endlessly read about it. And so I didn't... Because it's not a super plot-heavy book, I enjoyed it because I loved reading from his character's perspective. Yeah. And there were scenes that dragged on, and most of the book is pretty low-key. Like, I feel... That's why I feel like it's just, like, a pretty steady gray mist of just, like, this gray, hazy kid living his life, (laughs) and then, like, at the end, there's, like, a big adventure scene, but because I loved him so much, then I loved all of it. That's fair. Um, I can see where you're coming from, because you kind of do float along, because although it is, like you said, kind of a predictable plot after the fact, while you're going through it, because of Mackie's voice and his character, a lot of these things are, you don't really know where it's gonna go. Mm Mm-hmm. So... If I read it again from that vibe, I think I would be, I think I would like it a lot more. But I kind of read it from, like, this typical YA teen romance or typical YA adventure book. And it wasn't either of those things. Yeah, it wasn't really. Yeah, I feel like to, if you were ever to reread it, you would have to be in the mood to, like, just turn your brain off and feel really relaxed. (laughs) You know who I really did appreciate, though, was the Morrigan. Oh my gosh, okay, let's talk about the lore, because 
I really loved the fairy lore in this book. Yeah, let's talk about it. I feel like this is, like, a true manifestation of what you, like, after all your knowledge of fairy lore, what you believe it would actually be like. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Also because this is one of the those books, most fairy books deal with the courts, which is also mm. super fun, and I love it. Um, but this one takes a totally different perspective, and I think that that's yeah. so fun. All the characters in it are also so vivid, even if they aren't fully fleshed out as, like, people. But, like, I feel like I could clearly see each of the people that Mackie encounters, like Janice and those crazy rock people whose mm-hmm. names I don't remember, and the Morrigan, yes. and the dead girls, and the pink girl, and... The fact that they live underground in these puddles. I mean, that one scene of that um, th- them walking through the puddles and that... The woman. The woman in the pond, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Man, that was great. <laughs> that was so creepy. I mean, like... Um, okay, so on Goodreads, this is classified as a horror book. I didn't really think it was very horrifying. There were parts of it that were scary. Like, um, Rasputin. Rasputin the band the leader mm-hmm. in the top hat on the bridge next to the flag heap. That was a little creepy. Um, the woman floating in the pool and her story was creepy. Um, the Morrigan and just her rows and rows of many, many teeth was terrifying. Uh, the cutter didn't scare me as much as I thought he could have because he was supposed to be this... Like, he was even lore in the fairy world. And so... I agree. He kind of fell flat, short for me, very short. But everything else about it I really enjoyed. And usually I always tell you this, that I want to know the rules of the world. Mm -hmm. This book does not define any fucking rules. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. are in a gray mist, like you said. Mm -hmm. It's just the perfect description. But I actually appreciated it because so much of the fairy lore involved ugliness and just like mm-hmm. they too were other even though they were also a group like you know they were all the same kind of other but they're also other to each other I don't know how many times I can say other in one sentence but you know what I'm saying <laughs> Keep like, trying. yeah I just I just loved it yeah oh I totally agree that part um, I really, really loved. Like, I wanted more of that and less of, like, Iron Tongue Girl. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, what was I going to say about it? Yeah, I really loved it, too. Oh, my God, I totally forgot. I don't know. I was going to say something about it, but I don't remember. About the lore? The fairy lore? Talk about. I think you were talking about the puddles and the tunnels previous. Yeah. No, it was based off something you said. Oh, um shucks. I don't know. It probably wasn't that good. No. But yeah, I, I really loved um, the Morrigan and her role. I think she is one of the most interesting characters because she is the leader, but she's also like a little kid, but she's also not a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely hinted at, like, I couldn't tell if she, you know, because she's existed for so long, if that's always been her form or whether she, like, grows up and then dies and then, like, gets reborn as a child. Mm. Um, but I, I just really, I don't know, just everything about it was so fantastic. 
Yeah, no, her. Oh, oh, I remember. Great. Go ahead. Sorry, you were saying that um, that there we don't really understand what the rules are to the the world building, and I think what I appreciated about it is that it's not because the author avoids it because Mackie asks on several occasions like, "What's up? Mm-hmm. Someone give me some answers," and all he gets are these like really vague, flowery answers, and I feel like that's very in line with fairy lore. Of just being, like, super vague because they don't tell lies. Right. Um, but not really giving a straight answer either. So I feel like we get, like, little snippets of, like, you know, being worshipped as gods and kind of being immortal. And, like, we kind of have to receive tribute this way. So you get these, like, little snippets of the lore that you can piece together. But I feel like even the protagonist is in the dark. He's like, I don't really know what's happening either. I don't know if I belong here or not. But I, like, I just have to do it. I felt like it paralleled his journey um, into accepting himself as other Mm -hmm. and accepting, like, gentry as well, like, accepting that this existed. Like, the more we go into the book, the less mysterious they do become. But at the end of it, he's still, although he has accepted himself in a way, he's still on that journey to fully realize what he is and how this world kind of exists with him in it as he is and not as a perfect human and it's at that point that we know the most about the fairies you know what I mean that we're exposed to them the most so I felt like it kind of paralleled his journey which is I appreciated about it and I could forgive the fact that there was well not forgive like it was a conscious choice not to include so much of that I -hmm. felt and I like put two thumbs up for that because of our character, because of our main character. Mm-hmm. But, like, now I want to know, you know? <laughs> oh, I love, yeah, I want to know more about it. I want to know about everyone who lives there. I want to know more about the other court. They didn't really explain changelings, not changelings, um, I guess changelings, like the replacements. They didn't really explain that very well. We didn't get an update about what happens really to um, fake Natalie either. So all those little tidbits that yeah. like kind of get hinted at but not um, really explained. It was definitely enough information to enjoy the book, but I also could could benefit from more. Yeah. I also kind of thought it was cool how, like, it you know, basically the only way that the Morgan's crew can survive is if people still believe that they exist. Yeah, to, like, adore them and love them, but really it's, like, it's belief that's going to keep them thriving, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, isn't that true for all legends, all myths, all gods? Like... Oh, that's definitely true. And do you know what Tulpa is? Okay, hold up. I just listened to an episode of the last podcast on the left, and... Did you, were you listening to the Men in Black one? Yeah! And he Yay! mentioned Tulpa, like, five times, but I still don't know what the hell it is, because <laughs> Googling is uh, clearly beyond me. <laughs> it's okay. I only know this because I've listened to... Well, I listened to that series, and then I also listened to some other paranormal podcast, Unrelated, that talked about them, but basically... Tulpas are beings that exist because people believe in them, basically. Mm. 
or they're like thought form beings. So like things that come into life from human thought. And so I definitely feel like that the replacement um, in the book, the the fairy kind of um, mirror that, that like they can only oh, yeah. exist as long as people believe in them. And I also like that they can only exist as long as people believe in them and they help the town to a certain extent. But that one scene, like after the the lady has died and Mackie asks Morgan if things are going to get better, for, you know, if things are going to get better now, she's like, well, have things ever really been good? And he's like, I guess not. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I think that I really like that because it was like, you know, we don't, we're not really gods, you know, we're a thing that exists in this town and we kind of have a symbiotic relationship, but we're not, you know, they're not the things that make things good they're not gonna like charm the town and I thought that that was really interesting too like they just kind of exist there and exist alongside the people yeah I mean like really really the ultimate power in this town was thought right oh my gosh that scene where he gets on stage and plays the bass was maybe my favorite in the whole book okay I hated all the music scenes I did not get what the fuck was going on (laughs) I'm not I trying love to lie. Them. <laughs> I hated all of them. I was like, "All right, I'm done with your musical ass. Like, let's get some stabbing going on. Let's go back really? into the caves." <laughs> you didn't like it. Why didn't you like it? I just don't. Okay, okay. The, I I understand how cool it might be, like the aesthetic, right? Of like a some people in a band or um, like. All the descriptions of the lead vocalists of the Rasputin band, or you know the feelings of the mosh pit, or like you know Mackie and his like pale emo blondness and his bass, like basing it up on stage. I don't know why, but there's like a serious disconnect between me and all of those scenes, and maybe it's just because I'm not an instrument kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Like if, to be honest. If it was instead, like, the passion of it was, like, surfing or, like, some extreme sport and they were describing how, like, he hit the volleyball, like, with with such elegance or something like that. If it was something else, I might have been more into it. But the music thing, I didn't get. I did not get. That is so interesting. <gasps> One of the small things we don't have in common. I know. Yeah, I was lost. It was lost to me. (laughs) That is so funny. I feel like reading those scenes, I was reliving my days as a, whatever, 13, 14-year-old who was super into punk and emo, and I was like, yeah, I would have loved to go to that, and I think one of my favorite parts in every, like, in a movie or in a book is, like, that scene where they go on stage and they just, like, wow everyone with their singing. Like, I always feel like crying every time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I feel like no. that's maybe just, like, a favorite trope of mine, and that's why I loved it so much. I feel I like it's know. something that a I lot of people it. could have connect to, right? Because, like, I mean, isn't that the ideal, the teen ideal, especially as a teen? Like, the person in the band doing his thing, being super into it, and, like, you wish that you could be a part of that world, right? Or you wish that you, you were the strings on his guitar. 
or his base. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I, I, I get that. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Uh, oh, like, no, I just meant, so like, dirty. to connect to it. You know, like, from that perspective. <laughs> I just don't, I just couldn't get it. I was just like, all right, player set, and let's go visit the Morrigan again, please. It's <laughs> so funny. I loved it. I lo- I especially loved not the he was just like a normal teenager who like went on stage and like made everything awesome, but because he's like fairy and you know like music is one of their special talents. Yeah. In general, um the fact that it was like a spiritual experience. Like I feel like that whole scene was like a spiritual experience for everyone in a weird yeah. way. And I no, it that. it definitely was and I was not saved. <laughs> that is so funny. I was so saved. I was like I'm done. This is my religion Yeah, God now. kicked me off the Mackie ark on Doyle. that one. That's sure. so funny. Another of my favorite, I don't know about my favorite scenes, but like my favorite revelations is when you find out that Mackie's mom had been taken to that like tiny mm. subplot. I thought that was such an interesting addition and just like a really creepy little story just like tucked very neatly in there. I also love that her choice is opposite of what Mackie's and Tate's choice is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of shows that generational divide, and, you know, like, I, I guess it's, maybe it's not really a generational divide, but basically, what's keeping the town as it is, is all the adults in it refusing to address things. Right? So. Right. That's how I saw it. And I really appreciated that, that she was so adamantly against saying that, like, against them going to save the girl, even though she would have been the girl in that same case. It's kind of depressing as well, because it's almost like her saying, I I wish that I hadn't come back because I'm so screwed up or whatever. You know, like, it's just so hard to reacclimate into this life. Well, and I also, I think that one line where she says that, like, they... When she came back, like, her parents... Because also, I think she was gone for a long time, probably several years. And just the idea that, like, your family finds ways to stop missing you. And so, like, when you're back, it's like... Like, no one knows how to adapt to it. I feel like there was so much emotional complexity in that story of, like, her not being able to readapt to normal life. And then her family not really knowing if they wanted her there. Like, how to even deal with her coming back. And, like, now she's a different person. And... And then them taking her baby, like, just her story, I think, is so emotionally complex. And we only get that one tiny snippet of it. Because we don't really get that much of her character outside of that. But I I love that one tiny snippet. I agree with you. And I think that the complexity was not fully realized or fully explored because it was so short. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a lot more showing or telling than showing. If I can bring my fifth grade English knowledge in here, but, um, <laughs> you know, show not tell. But no, yeah, I, I felt like th- those were parts like that that really did pull at your emotional strings that I wish were more elaborated upon or more... Because they are central. They're pretty central to these characters. And, like, the mom was a pretty fully realized character until she stopped kind of developing. And then at the very end, she, like, hugs Mackie, right? And she's, like, she has this, like, tender moment. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I just felt like, good try, Brenna. Wish that your characters were more fully realized. 
I I want to give her an A plus plus for perfection because I think it's the best book ever written. <laughs> <laughs> well, ever written in that YA category. That's fair. Which oh, I that's feel like fair. I always have low expectations for. Yeah, I just love him so much. No, that's fair. But I will say, if we're rating these kinds of books, I like the darkest part of the forest more. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't think I did. And the reason I don't think I did is I think that the plot was better in The Darkest Part of the Forest, but I wasn't super into the main female character, I don't think. I think because I loved Hazel. Like I was like oh, really? down for Hazel. Yeah, I think that's what it is, right? Like I'm not a huge fan it's of Mackie, so is. this book kind of was it was like on par with what I expected, but also it could have been so much more. And it's mm-hmm. the same in reverse for you. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, and there's nothing wrong, like, there was nothing wrong with her character. I'm sure you feel this way about Mackie. Like, there was nothing wrong with her character itself. Like, I can't point to this one thing and be like, this is what I didn't like about her. But I just didn't connect with her because I don't, we, we're not the same kind of person. Yeah, that's And so what I feel is. like I was emotionally, like, I could see myself in Mackie's shoes. Yeah. I think we have, like, a similar voice um so yeah that's definitely what made the book for me was him that's fair the same thing happened with us and they both died at the end where i connected way more with rufus and you with mateo that's right that book (laughs) which is a whole nother class on its own but this for a dark fairy book man the dark fairies were dark love love the dark fairies they were dark yeah yeah they really were um, and really different, a different kind of story. And just, like, it wasn't really adventure it's not really romance No. It's really just, like, a tiny snippet, slice of life, dark and sweet and soft. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like, if you're in the mood for that kind of book, you just, I mean, literally, it's kind of just, like, a short story expanded on... Mm-hmm. The fairy lore of this town. Told right. through the perspective of one of one individual who happens to be a changeling. <laughs> I guess it's yes. a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Oh, it's wonderful. I love it so much. <laughs> it is good, okay. though. Would you recommend this book? Um, I think so. I don't have enough fairy books in my repertoire to not rec- to recommend instead of. So I would mm-hmm. recommend this book for this genre and that mood. Right. I think the mood is really important because there's other books, like The Night Circus that we just read, oh, um, and obviously all the ones I mentioned before, you know, that those are good books. I would recommend those to anyone. But this one is very specific. Like, you know... Yeah, it's just a very specific mood, and so yeah. if you're in, if you want that mood, that this like this is a book that's gonna give it to you. Also, if like you're already reading YA books, um, and you want to try a fairy series, or you're already reading, or sorry, 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 <laughs> <laughs> not a series. It's just a, it's just a standalone. But a standalone. If you know, if you just want to venture into, you like you're already reading fairy books, and you want to venture into like a YA style. Like, mm-hmm. this is that book. Like, this is a YA fairy, dark fairy book. Mm-hmm. Good. It's good. Um, 
for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And I do see myself reading it again along the lines. I don't want to call it, like, when I'm in the mood for YA trash. But when I am in the mood for YA trash, I might pick this back up. Oh, yeah, I totally understand what you mean, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trash is such a strong word. I don't mean it like that, but... Oh, I understand what you mean, though. It's like a kind of book that you don't have to think too hard about and that you can consume easily and that kind of, like, softly strokes your brain into Mm -hmm. numbness. Yeah, or, like, you know, it it wets my fanfiction palette, like, and makes Mm -hmm. me want to start writing. Yeah, this is that kind of book for sure. And actually, I read this book in one day. Did you really? I really did. And then I forgot what happened. Not forgot. I guess, like, I kind of, like, skimmed through it the first time. Then I reread it on Sunday. I mean, it's a very quick read. It is a pretty quick read. I just wanted to read about the Morrigan. And I was like, God damn it. She needs her own show. I need to see her She teeth. does. Oh, I love the Morrigan. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you didn't hate it. I would have been pretty sad. <laughs> No, it wasn't hate. It's not, it wasn't that strong of an emotion. Um, it was just Mackie. I just couldn't connect with him as well as I could other protagonists that we have read before. Before. Yeah, I totally understand that. Okay, so last question before we wrap this up. Who is your favorite character that you've read? Like, which perspective is your favorite of all the books that we've read? Oh my god. Inej. Inej Gaffa. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I had to think about it, but I think it's between her... Well, I don't know if we can mention the Scorpio races. We haven't really touched it in the podcast. But it's between her and Puck Connolly. Um, perspectives. The thing about those books is that it's so hard for me to disassociate the voice actors mm. uh, from those because they're both amazing and they made the book so You're much right. amazing for me. You're not and so wrong. I can't disassociate their like because I didn't I don't think I ever read the Scorpio races. I only listened to it. You're not wrong. Both of them are fantastic at playing Puck and at playing Inej. And God do they make this do they make it better one hundred percent. It's already fantastic, but they just like put that extra little drizzle of honey and you just can't get enough. Just can't get enough. But Maybe I think Inej, Inej inches above all of them. Oh, really? Mm. That's great. What about for you? She's a great character. I mean, I think we already established that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Mackie is up there. I think Mackie and Gansey are tied for number one for yeah. me. They're my two favorite. I love Kaz as a character. But I just don't feel like his voice is particularly... It's, like, hard to isolate his voice outside of the context of the whole story. Sometimes, too, he can be a little um, too predictable or too static. Like, he's the gangster. Sometimes it's like, Mm -hmm. there's more to you, but your voice is just gangster right now. And it's okay. Like, that's... I love him. I think he's a very dynamic character. It's just that, in comparison to everybody else, Inej comes out on top. And, gosh, I don't know, like, I also really love Blue, but I like the feeling of the first three Raven Boys books, first three mm-hmm. specified, um, a lot more than 
like Blue's voice specifically. Yeah, the whole book captures that feeling really well. Mm-hmm. And maybe the difference is that like the replacement is first person perspective and these other two books that we're talking about are third person and I think that kind of puts an immediate barrier between you and their voice. Yeah. Because their voice is only through the what they're actually saying and their actions, which is different than their inner thoughts. Yeah, you're right. I guess I would have to, I mean, if if there was more of a filter on your question as, like, whose first-person perspective would you prefer out of all the books we've ever read ever, that I would have to, like, go back and reread everything. <laughs> because, yeah, I can't even tell you what books are first-person off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, that'd be a very hard one. I feel like a lot of YA is um, either first-person or third-person switch-off, like... Yeah, exactly, third-person switch-off, just tons of different characters. Yeah. But, overall, I did like this book. Are we gonna choose a next book? Sure, I haven't thought about it at all. Actually, I wanna hear your favorite scene from this book, if you have one. Okay, my favorite scene... Because I know this is your absolute fave, and you've been dying to talk about it, and you've (sighs) dropped it in name over the last, like, six podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I need to know, what is the pivotal scene in this book that you needed me to read? You need others to read when you recommend it to them. Oh, man. See, that's totally... That's that's a lot, because... It is a lot, but I want to know the most impactful part. Oh, that's so hard. I think the, the scenes that really spoke to me, because... Okay, so there's, like, two different things. So there's, like, the dark fairy part, like, the darkness of the book. Um, The moment at the party where he sees the dead girl and the pink girl. I think that that was such a a wonderfully vivid and creepy moment. Yeah. In terms of the dark fairy lore. Um, That one and the the woman in the pool. Such a short snippet. That one is such a short, impactful snippet. (laughs) Yeah, those, I mean, in terms of the lore, I think those are the two highlights for me of the book of just like creepiness um but in terms of the rest of it I mean I already talked about the music scene but um I think the scene close to the beginning where Mackie is throwing up in the bathroom and Roswell is just there I think that that just set the tone for their friendship for the whole book and that's one of my favorite scenes of their friendship because I feel like that relationship never changed throughout the book and I really like that um, and I feel like that moment captured it the best. And um, I also really, really love the scene where Alice, her name was Alice, I think. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? Alice? That rings a more of a bell than Ashley or Halsey or Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Alice. When tight, when tight, when Tate is fighting Alice in the parking lot and Alice... Um, punches her in the face and her nose starts gushing blood and she smiles. Oh, yeah. I was sold on her character. No, yeah, I loved I felt like that fight also was um, a better fight than the cutters, her and the cutter. Yeah, because it was kind of like, we already saw you smile over the gore. Like, I want to, I don't know, I felt like it would have been better if, like, she went further. Because she already went that far with Alice, and that's just a human. Like, if she went even further, knowing that he was about to rip open her sister. Like, I don't know, and just pull... I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead. Are you going to ever watch it? Uh, no, you can tell me. Cool spoiler alert. Like, if she just, like, went 
like, and, like, stuck her teeth into his neck and, like, ripped out his jugular. Yeah. God, that would have been so amazing. That would have been amazing. Like, I would have been like, whew, Kate. She's kind of crazy, and I love that about her. Mm-hmm. So I do wish she had been a little crazier. Because, like, just smiling and hitting somebody with a crowbar, like, it's terrifying, right? But at the same time, we already saw you doing something similar. I know. That would have made her character so much cooler. I mean, just given her so much more depth if she had just been totally unpredictable and crazy. It would have sold me more, too, on the purpose of their mission. Which, obviously, like, yeah, she wants to save her sister from sudden, like, certain death. But, at the same time, it just would have sold me more on her conviction to, like, go through the length. The thing about her, like, intense conviction to save her sister, I definitely found myself having to take a step back and, because I have a sister, to kind of put myself in her shoes because I can't say that it really sold me through the storytelling. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could only know, like, I could understand what she was doing because I have a sister. Same. Yeah, like, the only... There are two relationships in this book that I completely bought. And that was Mackie and Emma. Of course. And Mackie and Roswell. Oh, I 100% agree. Everything else, like, the twins, I think they were friends... And they were just kind of in it, and they were chill with it. And Tate and Mackie, just it just hadn't really become anything yet. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. That's okay. But some of the intense scenes, the intensity wasn't there yet. So I expected yeah. them to be more fumbling and awkward than they were. For sure. I agree. But it's okay. I just don't ship them. Like... <laughs> It's okay. Oh, yeah. I don't particularly ship them either. I think that they are great characters, Mm -hmm. but I ship Mackie and Roswell. Yeah, oh my gosh, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) He cares so much for him. By he, I mean Roswell for Mackie. He does. He cares about him so, so fucking much. Love him. Love him to Phil. I love him so much. Yeah, I think this book is so hard to, to like call out one specific scene. Like, there's so many little snippets that I love, and I think it's because this book does only has that one real climax, and it's really just like a muted. I've said gray four thousand times, but that just is just is how I feel about it. It's like a <laughs> muted gray. It's just like really soft and like monotone with just like these tiny snippets of like gore or horror or like heartfelt moments, mm-hmm. but. There's not really good, strong... Like, I don't really feel like it tugged that hard of my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. But I just loved... I just love the monotoneness of it, even though that sounds really boring. Yeah, but if I ever want to pick up something um, to just get through, or to just, you know... It'll make me feel those feels, but also more so inspire me to either read more, or write, or do something, this is the kind of book I would reach for. Mm-hmm. And if you just want something to, like... A dark book that's just, like, really relaxing. Yeah, as <laughs> weird as it read. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I really liked it. Okay, great. Are we going to pick another book? Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember our list. I am in the mood for some action. Okay. I want to read Ready Player One. Ooh. Okay. Did you watch the movie? I did. (laughs) 
You cheated. Oh, I, have, I haven't seen the movie yet. Did you like the movie? I did. Okay, I really want to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. So I let's do this. Say... Let's read and let's watch. And in our next episode, let's not only talk about the book, but let's also talk about the movie. Oh, what a great idea. Wait, I just also want to just give you a fair warning. The book isn't super exciting. That's I just want to throw that out there. So if you're super craving action, I don't think that's the right book, but it is a good book. Okay, well, I'm just in the mood for... Sci-fi I'm in the mood. Let's let okay. I'm in the mood for a, a quest style kind of book. Okay, like that's definitely do this, quest then style. do this, then get the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, with the lots of eighty themed vibes. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm down. Okay. Ready Player Sounds One. Great. Ready Player One. Let's do that next, and okay, I'll watch cool. the movie for sure. Okay, awesome. Do you want to talk about Peaky Blinders on air or off air? Oh, let's talk about it off-air. We have to do an episode where we completely cover everything up until... Okay. I'm not done yet, so that sounds good. Let's just talk about it right now. Okay. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. Bye. I gotta go talk about Peaky Blinders. Bye! <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Um, be sure to follow us on all the stuffs. Um, yeah. Facebook.com slash FigFixPodcast. Mm-hmm. Everything else at FigFixPodcast. Um, engage. Dot WordPress. Yeah. Find us. Tell us what you think. Let us know what we should be reading. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know if you read any of these books that we're talking about and what you thought about them. And if you have another Brenna book that you think we should read, because I love Brenna, let us know. Yeah, hit us up with something, because I want to love Brenna as well. I would like to love something from each of the trifecta. Did you read that? I think it's a, maybe it's a Tessa book, but I think it was a Brenna book. The one about the witches? Blood magic? No. No, no, no. Maybe you didn't read it. The Darkest Minds. No. <laughs> well, we read a lot about witches. <laughs> Wait, what? The Darkest? No, I don't know. I don't it's the one I where think they that's like a superhero book. She lives in this. Oh man, she's like in a super rural town, and there's this girl who lives in the shack who's also a tattoo artist, and it's like in the middle of Virginia, I think. And no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Well, that one's good too. We'll Sounds talk about good. it later. Sounds amazing. Yeah. It's like scary magic stuff. Uh, no. But we're... I would like to read that. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna find it and let you know. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Alright. Okay. Bye. Bye.